welcome to Pure Hustle Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are on episode, I got to take a look now, 71. Yeah. 71 episodes. Well, do you have something like awesome to say? For no, I don't. Good. I keep feeling on this. Mike's okay with that. But we just, you know, what's funny is sometimes we record two or three episodes at a time. Uh-huh. Sometimes we just record one. And so it kind of throws me off. Yeah. Like we have to do an interview. We have an interview coming up. Yeah. It's going to be right. super exciting. So it's going to be, it's going to be a surprise. Surprise interview coming up next Sunday. Um, Cause last Sunday was our level up review. We finished four hour work weeks. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, make sure to go back, check it out. Uh, there was definitely a lot of great takeaways we took from that book. So uh, check that out. And then that means next Sunday is a hustle session. So we're going to be interviewing an awesome reseller. I'm, I'm telling you the stories that this individual brings are awesome. So not, you know, they're not a subscribe, you know, a YouTuber with a hundred K following, but they should because they have been reselling for a long time. They know what they're doing and the stories that they have to share are so awesome. So really looking forward to that hustle session. Hustle session. Number but, four. Yeah, we're getting there, man. We're moving up. <laughs> we're getting there. Um, but today is our update episode, which is always, I, I, I think, one of my favorites. I mean, I love I love our, our interviews so much. Um, but I, I, this just, this is, I feel like just like the classic you said this podcast. Last time. I know. So, so here we are in our update episode and, uh, how have things been, man? Busy, weird, strange. All right. Elaborate. Uh, in the sense that, so summer slowdown, remember we talked about summer slowdown and we were like, what summer slow? Like we didn't say it like that. We were like, yeah, go. You know, we weren't any of that, but we were kind of like, Hey, summer slowdown. Isn't happening. Yeah. It's happening. Is it? And it's, all, and it's August. Like, uh, I feel like we're at the end and I'm I'm going, like, what, what is happening? Now, I'm getting eBay sales, but I, I had mentioned this last podcast that I'm going to be a little bit in the red and it's still there because there have been some days I'll send a hundred offers. I will list and either it's summer slowdown because nobody wants what I have. Or just the market's been kind of slow. Yeah, I think part of it is, I mean, I don't know all of the intricate reasons why things slow down, but I'm assuming it's it's across the board. Certain things go up, right? Like back to school. So certain things are going to be doing really well. But I think just in general, the spending is lower. Um, probably just something to do with the time of the year, right? I mean, part of it is it's hot. I mean, people are, they'd rather, I mean, people might go to malls and Mike's stuff. Mike's just trying to help me feel good right now. I mean, there are a lot of things that, that can be in a play here. So I I think it affects a lot of industries. Right? Now, I'm talking about eBay, though. On Amazon, I haven't had a slowdown. Amazon continues to have not a huge amount of sales, but there's constantly multiple sales a day. So moral of the story is used items seem to do poorer during the summer months. No, I, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think any of us know. What I will say is the model. Remember, my model was initially was 70 Amazon, 30 eBay. And then I flipped it to 70 eBay, 30 Amazon. Right. So right now it's going back to Amazon, maybe 50, 50 right now, hmm. maybe leaning towards 60, 40. Right. So I want it. I want it to be consistently eBay because it is really nice to be able to pay all my bills with eBay and then Amazon is scaling and not fun money, but Hey, if I want to do something extra kind of money, you know, savings, RA, it's Roth RA. 
I, almost, I, I was thinking of something else. Like to be able to do those things. And when it's IRS. I, oh, yeah. Well, that, yeah, that <laughs> uh, calculated. I got to tell you, the estimated tax thing, I just don't know why they can't just figure it out. Because you got to do the work, man. It's it's so it's so frustrating. We're gonna take your money, and you got to figure out how much money you owe us. It's just it's just I don't. And you better not I've, mess I've up. Never, I've never been a fan of income tax ever since 1910 or whenever it was passed. I've never been a fan. Yeah, that's just me. So did you know that there was a time when there was an income tax? Anyways, we're not gonna be one of those shows, but you know, I like the fruits of my labor, and I like to keep them. That's just where where I land. So for sure. Okay. But I got a little more. Do you want me to share a little more? But let's talk about you a little bit and then we'll come back. Um, yeah, I mean, things are things are starting to finally get routine. back into routine for me. Yeah. So just had my first official week of school, uh, which means I'm starting to be able to figure out what my day to day looks like. So I'm figuring out how even the simple things like I, I'm, I'm at a new campus now. So how long does it take me to get there? How long does it take to get home? Which affects things like how much time do I have for sourcing? What days are best for sourcing? Um, what about pictures? All those things. So I'm starting to get into a routine, uh, figuring things out, which feels good. Uh, we kind of figured what we're going to be doing now is uh, once a week because our all of our items that we source. So my wife comes to our storage and, and ships out every day. When things sell, she comes, she packs the items. Uh, but then she's got to get home and pick up our son. So she doesn't have a lot of time to take pictures and list. She can list anywhere, but it's the picture. So I've taken on the picture role and our our new thing that we're going to try is once a week, we'll come together. Uh, we'll try and take enough pictures to last for the week. And then she'll list throughout the week and ship, you know, as needed. Uh, so yeah, just trying to get into that routine of like, okay, what day, how long is it going to take us to get all these pictures? Um, and then space out those pictures throughout the week. So it, it feels good starting to get into, I guess the new normal. So my question is, are you, do you feel that going off the grid has slowed down your momentum? Okay, so yes and no. So there's okay. there's there's trade-offs. So I'm so far off the grid that like I don't have traditional internet access, right? Like I've I've finally got unlimited data on my phone and and I can use my nice. phone to tether a little bit to my computer so I could do very light computer processing if needed. But even things like up, uploading the podcast, like you know now mm -hmm. when when we record the podcast, once we're done, I stay here for another two to three hours mm -hmm. to edit, get it exported, get it loaded to YouTube, wait for the processing so I can make sure everything was done right. I used to do that stuff at home kind of on autopilot. Now I have to like kind of stick around and do it. So things are definitely different. Even with before, all of my inventory was in our garage. So if there was some free time at night, it was, all right, we'll go out there and take some pictures. Now I've got to drive 10 minutes to get to my inventory, right? So it does change things, but it also has freed up capital, right? A lot of I capital. Yeah, It's freed up a lot of time in other ways. So now I have to be more intentional about saying, okay, I'm going to make time to come to my office and take pictures that'll last the week, mm -hmm. right? And instead of just willy-nilly as it was possible, you know, at home, I could just, oh, I got 20 minutes, I might as well go out and take some pictures. So part of that is getting into that routine, figuring out the new normal. So I would say being off the grid, um, minimalizing my life, as it were, has definitely helped in a lot of areas. In other areas, it's, it's you got to adapt a little bit. But let me tell you, already, we we love it. It's such an amazing thing. 
Um, I, I definitely can't say it's for everybody, but for my wife and I, it, it works great. We, we love working together. We love being in tight spaces. It doesn't, it doesn't impact us negatively. So it's been great having more time with my son has been great, but you know, you give up some of the conveniences of a traditional life, I guess. I just been thinking about you because, you know, you exchanged one thing, right? For another, but you still like the other. Right, because is there a part of you that goes, I miss being at home and just taking pictures at home and just moving over to the table and listing or, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, there I do miss parts of that, but I would say it's a cost benefit analysis. Okay. Right? Okay. So like, I might miss that like three out of 10, but all of the benefits that I get are like a nine or a 10 out of 10. Right. So it's like, there are things that I miss, but the the pros of being where I'm at now, kind of living the minimalist life, and, and we're not minimalist. It's not like that's what we intentionally did. Yeah, but did. when you don't have internet, that's pretty minimalist. Well, we don't that, have that's huge. We don't have internet. Um, you know, like even water, we were running off. I don't of hear from well, Mike for days. Electricity. I don't know what's going on in his life. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Well, I mean, I still can text you, but uh, I'm not very well, good at that. We're not, we're not going there. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So again. Is there, were there things we gave up? Absolutely. Um, and there's some, you know, comforts that's like, man, like you know, I miss certain things, but I've gained so much more that if I had to do it again, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. So the other one you had talked about, so do you see sales coming back? Are you kind of where I'm at too with sales? Um, they've just been slow and steady. Like I, I haven't had anything extreme, but I haven't gone more than, a couple of days, like I think the longest I've gone is maybe two or three days where it's like, oh my gosh, we have not got a sale. But then a big sale comes in. So there's always a sale almost every day or two. There's a, a two or three or maybe just one, but sales slowly are coming in. Uh, we're not even really listing enough to even replenish those very well. Uh, but I mean, that's a good, it's still a good feeling knowing like, okay, the, the things that I'm sourcing are still selling, even though I'm not able to trigger that algorithm the way I'd like to. So, okay. And I, I want to share that with those of you that are thinking of going full-time. So when I was part-time, like Mike, you know, you go a couple of days, you're like, ah, oh, you know, what? I wish there were sales. When you're full-time... That's got to be some anxiety. It is a little bit of anxiety, but the way that you, I don't know, kind of get away from that anxiety or you kind of minimize it is by looking about looking at it over a week. Right. And I, I was actually talking to another reseller that, you know, we're friends and he lives nearby. He's full time too. him and his wife are full time. And, you know, we talked about the ebb and flow where one day you might have 15 sales. Next day you might have two or three and they may be the same because the dollar amounts the same. Or you have one day where you have one sale and it's not that much money. But the next day you have enough to cover the last three or four days. Right. So I want to encourage you, those of you that have just recently gone full time, and this is just my personal advice. I could be wrong, but I like looking at it over seven days. What's your seven day total look like? So if you're constantly achieving it in that seven day total, you should be able to sleep better during the week. Yeah. And honestly, it's hard to do, but I think the further you could push that out, the better. So if you can make if you can move from a seven day to a 30 day, oh, it's even I better. And if you can move from 30 day to a year, it's even better, but it takes time to get to that place. A year. That's, that's rough. Well, I mean, when I first got into budgeting, 
That was one of the things I did is I budgeted for a year instead of even month to month. It was like, okay. what is my yearly income? What do things cost me for a year? And I, that gave me a big picture. And then I was able to kind of like go down from there. And so one of the things, one of the best things my wife and I did, and it came from, um, you know, going through Dave Ramsey's financial peace thing. Mm -hmm. And it, it wasn't even something he said to do, but like it just for me with budgeting, it was like so hard to budget because he would recommend putting money in envelopes and like you'd have to budget for a couple of weeks. You try and do a month, but if you're living paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. it's really hard to figure out like, okay, I need to have money for the, for the month for groceries, but I don't get paid until this, but then like that kind of goes into the next month and it got really weird. So one thing I told my wife and it took us a while to get it on track, but was I want to have enough money in savings that whatever it costs us for a month, we just have sitting in savings. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as that month, the start of that month, we have to pay bills. We just move the amount into our checking account, pay all the bills and then divide things into where it needs to go. Then as we get paid throughout the month, it goes to replenish the savings. And so basically I was paying myself a month's salary at the beginning of the month. And I think if you could do the same thing, even with reselling and say like, what do I need to make in a month? And if you've got some savings built up, then you're paying your, your, what you need for the month and you're just replenishing that. And when you have that, that bigger view, the, the, the wider view, it really helps, I think, instead of just kind of looking, like you said, the day to day. Yeah. And I'm just talking about sales. Now, I will tell you what you're talking about is exactly what I do. So I do have my my savings. Right. I have. And then I also have my capital. Right. And what happens is I, I kind of this was the system that worked for me because I was so used to a paycheck every two weeks. So I just set it up that every two weeks I'm going to pay myself. So I'm constantly, you know, I'm, I'm making sales and I don't touch that money. But at the end of the two weeks, I have it all budgeted out. So this is all going to these bills. This is, you know, I forget what it was called anymore, but the money I, I can do whatever I want with. And fun I money. Huh? Fun money. No, something else. I think they call it something else. Discretionary funds. No, something called. And then I would have my reselling money. Like this is the amount I have budgeted to buy and, and use. Now, I would dip into the savings or the capital if there was a big purchase I would have to make. Right. So that doesn't happen much because I allow myself a lot of money for garage sales and for thrifting and so on, but that's the way I do it. And so I do have that peace of mind knowing, Hey, I'm good, you know, for a long time, if anything were to happen. Yeah. Right. But, and one thing we're going to read this book eventually. I, some people are back and forth, but uh, for our level of preview of uh, the millionaire next door, Mm -hmm. And in there, they have this calculation about how many years should you be able to go without working, mm. right? And I, that's something I'm striving to be considered like wealthy as far as that. Yeah, because you're building wealth, right. right? And that's the goal. And that's what I'm trying to do is build wealth. Now, that may change if the market crashes and I begin to buy property. Which are still, it's still wealth. It's equity. No, it is. It is. But that's for another discussion. Yeah. So, All right. I, I, wait, wait. I got a little more. Oh, I, I told I told people I I told our listeners to come back to this. So remember the cross posting applications. Oh, uh huh. So they're great, but I have to share closets. Yeah, possibly. my share number still zero. Now somebody did share with me a Chrome extension that Ooh. shares pro that Ooh. shares closets. Ooh. That what are your thoughts be, on that? I I say only do it if you're okay with losing your Bosch count. I'm not saying you will lose your Bosch count, but you're you're using a bot that could get triggered because that's what that Chrome extension is. It's a bot. Is it really? Yeah, it's a bot. Okay. So um, I know I know some people have success with those types of things, but I'm also pretty sure it's against their 
agreement. So it's one of those things where, I mean, I would only do it if you're totally okay with losing your posh account. And <laughs> what am I going to lose? Zero income? Well, I'm just joking. I mean, that's true. But at the same time, it could potentially be a good source of, of revenue. Like imagine you do that, you search those closets, start sharing and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm, I'm turning around making some good sales and you realize like, this is like maybe 20 minutes a day worth of, of, of sharing. And the amount of sales I'm getting is definitely worth that 20 minutes of, of time it would take to do that. And the next thing you know, your account's shut down. Like that would be, that would be devastating. Interesting. No. So the, the argument was made that, Hey, while I'm doing eBay listings, I could have it running in the background. In little shirt closets. I mean, again, I'm not saying no. that. I don't even think there's necessarily anything wrong with it. Like it's it's like a macro. It's doing what you basically. You're just not the one hitting the the thing. And yeah, I think if you're monitoring it and you're actually on the computer while it's happening, it's better than just running it while you're not there. Okay, so we're not advising anyone do this. No, I'm just sharing what I've considered for myself. I just want to be clear with that. I mean, maybe maybe some of our listeners have more experience with extensions or bots or anything like that. We, I know we have some listeners who use virtual assistants for sharing. Um, I know some people who... There's some that do use bots. I mean, even even uh, Wade from Wade's Ventures mentioned, like, he says his kids are too young for this, but like, it's the perfect thing to give kids, right? Like, I my have a nephew. Wants nothing to do with my posh account. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, what if you were to say, like, if you share... I don't know, a hundred closets or a hundred items a day or whatever it is, you get an extra half hour on your Nintendo switch or, you know, whatever it is, like give them, give them a little bit the of responsibility. Is I don't them, limit him on the switch. Uh, well, maybe it's an allowance, <laughs> you know, I don't know. No, I get it. Anyways. Okay. Well, I didn't, I'm not saying child labor, but you know, <laughs> no, not at all. Except you are. All right. No, it's just a chore. <laughs> Help the family business. Okay, one thing I, I did want to share, uh, I did let go. So this refers back to our, for our work week level up review that we just did that we just released. And it was talking about automation and letting go that one of the toughest things entrepreneurs struggle with is letting go of doing things. And I dropped off a whole bunch of hard goods with my helper and they're collectible. I'm proud of you. Hard goods. I know that's a big deal for you. Here's, here's how big of a deal it is. Orlando takes his inventory seriously. Like we're friends, like we're friends. And there was a time when he brought stuff in to show on like an interview, like things he got. I think it was like our Wade's venture that we oh, did over right, a year yeah. ago. And there were some items and he was walking out to his car. And I'm like, oh, let me help you carry that. And he's like, no, I don't want you to carry it because, you know, I just want to be responsible for my inventory. Like if it drops, I want to know like it's me. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like you remember I, that <laughs> I better not ever drop anything of his because like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, that means the fact that you were willing to let somebody else handle it, that's a big deal. Well, I had some concerns. So those of you that are thinking about this, I wanted to share this with you. So number one, I to me, there's a terrible feeling when you lend somebody something and they break it. Not because they broke it, but because I personally don't want that person to feel guilty. Like whenever I lend something out to people. So it was for altruistic reasons for me and it wasn't selfish reasons why you didn't want me to carry it. No, because I didn't want you to have that guilt. Like It's a terrible feeling. Like I've had it where I've borrowed something. Like there was a point in time in my life where I didn't have a car for six months when I first moved down to San Diego and my friend let me borrow his car and something would happen or, or we would notice something in the car. We're like, wait, did we do that? Or was that already like that? Mm -hmm. Right. And so the whole time you're like, do I tell him? Do I not? And it's the same scenario. Like I drop off these items and I actually didn't even, I mean, I, I took inventory of what was there, but I really didn't look at the stuff. I just dropped them off. So I'll never know. 
But it's one of those things like I didn't want you, you know, what if you're walking, what if it was one of those, that monorail I just bought, I just bought a monorail for 200. I'm trying to flip it for a nice profit. What if you drop that? Like, I would be like, oh man, I'm out money. But would you lose sleep over that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want you losing sleep over it. That's why. That's just. That's you're how, you're that's such a good roll. man, Orlando. No, I just, Thank you for looking out for. I just, <laughs> you're welcome. Like, but that's how I roll. Like, I don't want people, like once I give stuff to people. Yeah, I'm not asking you to destroy it, but I don't want you to be concerned about, oh, what's Orlando going to think? You know, but at the same time, at least a little part of you is like, like you said, giving up control. The idea of like, at least, you know, if you break it, it's on you. Whereas if somebody else breaks it, that's got to suck a little bit for you, too. Right. So it does. I'm more worried about the hardest part I'm worried about is that the person doesn't take good enough pictures or, you know, there's something missing. So something sells, I ship it out. And they're like, hey, this is missing. So, for instance, some of the stuff was a railroad stuff. And it's collectible. And I don't want to get a message like, hey, this was supposed to be fully complete, but it's missing this. So, that's my that's my major concern. But in order to grow, I got to make it happen. Yeah. I'm proud of you. So, that's, that's where I'm at. Okay. Are you ready? We got, we got some intense stories today. Some are... Kind of reseller related and some are not. Have we done our random stories yet? No, we have not. Here we go. All right. You go first, though. All right. This one I is, got three. I think you're getting three. greedy. <laughs> I'm not getting greedy. I think you need to save hey, some of those. Hey, some of the feedback we have that people enjoy our random stories because we do implement some value. There's there's knowledge. Well, it's, yeah. We're not just telling stories to tell stories and have a good time. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we do that, but we but do circle funny. back. Hey, entertainment's value, too. So... <laughs> so. Um, okay. Well then I get to tell multiple ones too then. All right. So here's one that I had that I thought was pretty interesting. You know how, when you sell something and then you get an, uh, a message from the customer and they're already questioning something and you're a little worried and you're like, this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the pictures and you realize what they're questioning is like, you were definitely in the wrong and they're in the right. And you feel even worse. Yes. Okay. That's where I'm at. So oh, wow. I get this okay. message. I sold these, these vans. They were like moccasin surf shoe things. They're really, I don't know. They're pretty unique, different. I don't know. I found them at a, a thrift store. Uh, they were on sale for half off brand new with tags. Okay. Right. I thought they were girl size. They ended up being guy size. And so I take pictures. They look good. They still got their tags. I ship them out. Somebody buys them for a pretty decent amount. Then they message me a couple of days after I ship them and they say, hey, just out of curiosity, is one of the shoes missing the lace? And I look at the pictures and these laces, because of the type of shoe it is, they're not like traditional lace up the middle. It like goes around the ankle and most of the lace is covered and only like an inch out of each side comes out where you can like pull it tight. Okay. Okay. So you don't, they're not prominent on the shoes. So when I was taking pictures, I didn't even realize that there were laces there. Right. Just totally, I'm, they're new with tags. They look great. Like yeah, yeah. clearly, they're fine. I'm looking at the pictures. Definitely, one of the the shoes is missing its laces. Oh my, that's and a horrible so, feeling. I'm sorry. It's bad, right? And so I message the person back, and I'm like, I, I've got to eat this, right? I got to eat crow on this one. So I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I cannot believe, like I totally overlooked that. I didn't notice when we were taking pictures. Um, we've already shipped it out, so when it arrives. Um, it looks like it's missing a lace, but please let me know. Like as soon as you get it, keep us informed because uh, we definitely want to make it right. You know, if it's missing a lace, like so sorry about it. Thank you so much for reaching out. Keep us updated. 
Oh, good. You didn't offer a refund right away. No. That's right. great. That's so good. they responded back like a half hour later and they're like, actually, it's okay. It already arrived and I like them better without the laces anyway. So no worries. Wow. Nice. They took the lace out of the other shoe and they preferred it that way. <laughs> what is the chances of did, that? But you did the right thing. Like you didn't offer right away. Right. You let them make that call. Yeah. And it worked out. For it you. worked out. Like it that felt so awesome. good. Like I was, I was terrified. I was like, cause you know, sometimes that is hilarious. Sometimes like they're wrong and you like, at least you get the justification of like, even if you have to give a refund, you're like, this isn't my fault. But when it's your fault, you're like, no, oh, I know, man, like this, this is bad. Like I, I deserve negative feedback even from now, this. Did one, they give you, know? you feedback already on them? Um, I don't know. I haven't noticed. But like they were super nice. Like they were like, thank you so much for the fast response. Nothing they said like indicated that they were upset at all over the situation. So um, it was it was a fluke thing. And it's a fluke that they like were totally okay with it. So I don't know. I mean, sometimes you win, right? Like You did win. Sometimes you lose. You did win. And on sometimes you win. Okay. So I won a lot. Good job. So let's let's talk about a couple of these. So. So remember I told you about that pair of cleats that I sold to that famous baseball player? Oh, yeah. The wrong size. Okay. So they did message me back several days later and said, that's fine. So I'm like, Whew. oh, kind of same story. I'm good. Did it end there? Then two didn't days they sent you an autograph? No, no. I wish. Somebody said I should contact them and try to source stuff from them. I'm not going to do that. eBay, I'm not doing that. If you're listening to eBay, I'm is, not is doing that. Is that against the rule? Oh, yeah. You're, you're my bae. I'm not doing that. So that could be one of our no's. No. <laughs> so, yes. No. Okay. Yeah. If you haven't listened to our last episode, we should be in a few days into our. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's right. It depends. If we have enough comments in our YouTube that says, and we didn't give a number that says, go for it. Cause what we're trying to do is go a hundred days that we're going to ask for something out of the norm, whether it's a yes or a no. Yeah, this and, could be at the grocery store. This could be at Costco. This could be anywhere. Yeah. A hundred days of kind of trying to get a no. So not ask for something over the top, something that's possible, but just unlikely. Right. So whether it's a discount for something or maybe call to try and get an interview with somebody famous, like, or, you know, step out of our comfort zone. So I don't know. Comment, comment in the video on a four hour work week. If you want us to do this and, and record it on Instagram. There might be some funny no's, right? At a yeah. drive through or something like Who knows? We'll, can we'll, I just get this for free? Can you throw in two kids' toys? <laughs> just, <laughs> My son would like just it. Throw it. The Happy Meal toys you can. I've 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 worked that one really? already. Yeah, I've done that. Oh, well, so. there you go. Okay. So can you give me 20 of them? I want to sell them on eBay. <laughs> there you go. No, some some will do that. Well, Anyways, maybe I don't maybe some people are, I've just we just killed the market for a few market. people. We did just in that one line. Ooh. Okay. So they said it was fine. Then I get this email from PayPal saying that it was an unauthorized transaction. And I'm like, what? Wait, this person actually messaged me back on eBay saying that it was fine. So I'm like, really? Like this person is, they're not, you know, they're not going hungry anytime soon. Yeah. And so I, I had to call, I call PayPal. I'm like, listen. And I didn't even say the person's name. I'm like, hey, this individual messaged me and they actually verified that the item I'm sending is what they wanted. So unless somebody hacked their eBay account, this this was a legit purchase. Now, I say all that because this could have been 
an assistant. It could have been, you know, could have been the person's children if they had children anywhere near them. I mean, I'm not revealing who it is, but it could have been any of any of those reasons. So I say, can you please put a note that this person verified that they wanted this item? So sure enough, they did. And I won the case against this individual. Ooh. What if they what if they leave you negative feedback though? They can't. They, it's already in the messages that they agreed to what I what I sold them. Yeah, but it was just of all I've never had an unauthorized transaction PayPal. Like they didn't even go through eBay. They like why didn't they scale it through eBay first? Yeah. Usually people that go through PayPal is because So they just like do it as almost like a fraud. Like yeah. this this purchase was fraud. That's what that's what it was. Oh. And most of the time when that happens, what I hear from other sellers is when somebody is trying to work the system. So I don't know what went down, but, uh, you know, it just, it was one of those, that's a story I'll always remember. And maybe one this day. This story would be so much better though, if you said the name and it wasn't so vague of like this, this, <laughs> this unnamed I can't. But important person. I can't because then, then, then. An all, athlete that you all know, but I can't tell you. I just can't do it. I can't say anymore. I want to respect this individual's privacy. That's good. Respecting privacy, that's a big deal. So, okay. Now, the other situation where I won. This is a good one. I like winning on this one. So I had this Onkyo amplifier, vintage Onkyo amplifier, and it had been sitting for a while. I only paid $12.99 at the store that shall not be named for this. And I bought this amplifier, a set of Onkyo speakers, and another Onkyo set. I already sold the speakers for $80. So I already made a nice. nice profit. And then I sold this one for $160. So I'm already doing really well. Thought it was all good. This is a store that shall not be named that I had a good relationship with before pretty much everyone I know doesn't work there anymore. Mm-hmm. And they would test the items and 100% test, I 100% trusted them every single time because they always showed me. And so this one I didn't test out. So I sent it out. I'm like, yes, $160 profit. I get a message. I've been working on this for six hours and the right side's not working. Oh. I'm like, oh, like, I, oh no, that's terrible. And I felt really bad. So I messaged them and I said, I am so sorry that it's not working. My sincerest apologies. Please let me know how to make this right. And, he, he, and then they said, they, they were very polite. They said, well, sir, you have an outstanding feedback. And we know it's apparent that you care about your business. And I go, see? Hey. And remember, we had discussed this at eBay Open, how eBay was kind of like, oh, feedback. We don't want people to be too concerned. I'm like, no, feedback matters. Yeah. It's your reputation. And this is a case. So eBay, if you're listening... I, I think please make feedback important still. I think I think they did. They did I think the thing the guy said is they took that out of the algorithm so that it's it's still something customers might look for, but it like still you're not be being the algorithm. But but here's the thing though, would you say the same thing if you got one random negative feedback and all of a sudden your sales drop 40%? Yes, because my feedback would still be at 99.7%. But what if the algorithm was favoring people at 100? Slightly more than people. No, at okay. In point. that case, yes. But that I, was, I think, the point that was being made is like it's it's taken out of the algorithm as as important. Like they don't want it to be such a because they realize that even the best of people are going to have occasional, you know, items not as described or people upset with something. I don't know. I'm just kind of 
I just, in this sense, it really was good. Yeah. So I gave him two options. I said, one, you could return it and I can give you a full refund. Or two, we could do a partial refund. And, you know, hopefully the cost of you fixing that other side is less than the partial refund. So they messaged me back and they said, you know, and again, you never give the first number, but in this situation, I'm kind of stuck. So they said, I really trust your judgment on this based on, you know, your customer service that you got back to me right away. I said, okay. I said, hey, listen, half of it's not working. Why don't I just refund you half of the price? Which is still $80 that I'm going to, yeah. you know, it's still I'm making a decent it, profit. Yeah. I'm eating 80, but I only paid twelve ninety nine for yeah. the whole thing. And I already made profit on it. So they said, no problem. Go for it. So I refund them $80. They really appreciated it. They left me some stellar feedback. That was a super knowledgeable person. And that was good. Nice. So again, two things. Feedback matters. That, that should be yeah. assured. Feedback matters. And I know you don't agree. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> I do. No, about the shirt. I, I wouldn't do a shirt that says feedback matters because who's going to know? Like do it for the algorithm has many approaches. That could mean anything. Now, <laughs> it could. Hey, is our sound okay? I'm just worried. Are we good? Yeah, well, Everything's working? What are you worried about? I just got this this sense. Yeah. Something's off. Hopefully everybody's hearing it, is hearing it well. Okay. <laughs> I'm just very annoyed. All right. Now, no, no, no. It's because my feet was like kicking under the table and I hope I didn't dislodge anything. I monitor. We're good. Okay, good. All right. The other part is responding right away is a win because I, I think if I had waited, you know, eight, 12 hours or the next day, maybe wouldn't have had the same response. The other one is I still was in control of the situation. So I apologized and I asked them, you know, Hey, how do you want? I, I still I didn't have full control because I asked them how do you want to make this right, but it wasn't this whole like hey I'll refund you everything right away. Yeah, right. We we're and kind of like your scenario, we were able still to come to a compromise and it worked out for both of us. So I was happy with that. That's good. Do right, you have a story you wanted to share before I go into my random but related reselling story? Yeah, it's just a short one. It's not a big deal, but okay. Um, one thing I thought was interesting, it was almost made it as my random story this week, uh, was I've got a couple of uh, cry cuts or crickets. I don't know. I really don't know the right way of saying that. It's cry cut? Is it cricket? Cricket. Cricket? Cricket. I like cry cut. I do like cry cut because that's what it looks like, like a cry cut because it cuts. Yeah. But it's cricket. Okay. Well, I got a couple of crickets and... Um, and there's a cricket on the box. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so I've got a couple of these that I'm selling locally and Orlando keeps telling me I should try and put them up. I, maybe I should. He, he's trying to convince me. To I think he should send them into Amazon. Yeah, that's what he thinks I should do. Um, maybe. I might. Uh, who, who knows? We'll see. Well, okay. Future update. Um, but kind of cool. I was decorating my classroom. I have a new classroom now. And I was able to actually use one to cut out some like letters and stuff. So that's kind of cool, right? Like... I didn't have to go out and buy something because I already had in my inventory, right? And so that made me think too, like, what are some other things? Like I have speakers too that I, I listen to like when I'm working that I'm currently selling, right? But they're really great speakers. So I'm going to listen through them until they sell. So just kind of an interesting thing to think about is look through your inventory and what can you use until it sells? Obviously knowing that like there's potential of breaking it, right? But you know, 
take care of it. And you've got a lot of stuff that you could potentially use that you didn't have to pay for out of your own pocket for yourself. It's kind of like you have it on loan and then you're going to make money off it. Mm. So use your inventory. No, I, I've, I've done that before. I always get scared that I'm going to damage it somehow. Right. It sells, but there are people like their house is full of inventory. They have paintings on the wall. It's inventory. Nice. They have, you know, the furniture, they have knickknacks and it's inventory. So people do do it. Okay. I'm going to go here. I want to talk about Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich. Sounds good. I like chicken sandwich. Have you had it yet? Um, I don't know if I've had theirs. Is it good? It's really, remember the big debate is Chick-fil-A or Popeye's. Now, by the time this episode drops, maybe that that's all done. But I think this is going to go on for another week. So I wanted to share this. So have you seen what's been going on, though? Like people fighting, store uh-uh. shut down. You, you have no idea? Uh-uh. Okay. So those of you that don't know, and maybe it's because social media is all about it. Like our, we just posted something on Instagram last week about people selling these sandwiches on eBay. And we got all kinds of likes and comments. And I'm like, wow, if we just posted about current like controversial things like we'd have our search and then the algorithm of instagram would go way up so anyways people were selling these sandwiches on ebay some one had a bit of one actually i think somebody messaged me that went up to a thousand something dollars for a sandwich but did they pay that's the question. Now there is somebody that it's we like know. It, Ralph. A YouTube like, a million. No, <laughs> that's a question. Or did they get an iNet after? Yeah. I don't know. So there is a YouTube video coming out by somebody we know that you know may go viral because I think they bought one of these sandwiches. So we'll see how it goes. Now, I what's sh- the controversy? So the controversy is which is the better sandwich? So Chick Fil A is always. Do you like Chick Fil A? Yeah, it's super tasty. All right. So Chick-fil-A is known for the chicken sandwiches. And then Popeye showed up with their massive chicken sandwiches that are amazing. Did they not have chicken sandwiches before? Like, I feel like I it's don't Popeye's know. chicken. Like, I have no idea. I don't even know. I just know that these sandwiches are next level. Really? Yes. All right. I'm going tomorrow and I'm getting one. Okay. Hopefully they have them. Because Hopefully they have them. Yes. Because they're selling out. They've sold out throughout the country. There are long lines. There have been fights inside of inside of Popeye's restaurants as a result of these sandwiches. Oh man, somebody just created some hype. Oh, that's got to be all. Social that media. I'm. T- you know what? Social media. I hundred percent agree is the best marketing you can do right now because I'm telling you, a TV commercial could not make this happen. So what happened is Chick Fil A got called out by by. Popeye's on Twitter and there was like this Twitter spat about chicken sandwiches and then people on TikTok which by the way we, we, we have some TikTok videos we're, we're making some yeah. I didn't let you know we're gonna do it after this podcast oh no all right no, no, no. yes all right we're gonna make it a later night all right no 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 and on top of that TikTok there's a big controversy and then also on Facebook and every social media platform so it's just blown up so I'm doing all this and my son's like, I really want one of those sandwiches. I'm like, all right. And I'm trying to be good. You know, watch what I eat. So I'm like, "Uh, okay, fine. I go drive through line, like cars outside of the parking lot. You cannot park in the parking lot. I go inside of Popeye's. I'm in there. Super long line. Everybody's there for sandwiches, right? 
they get to a place where they're about to run out. They shut the store down. Right. And here's what happens. Somebody accidentally turns off the lights and people are like, no, like what? You, y'all better not be doing While this. You, there, this you better serve us some sandwiches. Like, yeah, well, I'm in there. I'm like, this is mom mentality about these sandwiches. And then what they did is they were super scared that they were going to run out. So they grabbed post-it notes and they took all our orders to make sure they had enough chicken sandwiches. So then what ended up happening is some people in line were like, I don't know if I'll ever get these sandwiches again. I want 10 sandwiches. I want 20 sandwiches. I'm like, what is going on here? It created. Okay. So that that urgency created a sense of more demand. I actually heard uh, an economist talking about that with gas prices when gas was being rationed yeah, or, or gas sh- shortages. So they're actually the same amount of gas that normal, like normally the whole country was running on the exact same amount of gas. When they rationed gas, there wasn't actually less gas, but gas stations were running out of gas because people who would normally let their tanks go from full to almost empty mm-hmm. before they'd fill up again, weren't letting their tanks get to empty. So the, the gas stations weren't, instead of having empty tanks driving around and gas and gas stations, everybody had full tanks and there was no gas in the gas stations, right? So that created this sense of like urgency that you have to get gas because the gas stations are out, even though there really wasn't any urgency for, you know what I mean? So that's funny that because there is this idea that there's no chicken sandwiches, like people are ordering more of them than you could even eat. No, they were. And then remember, this is a huge order. So people are getting angry in line that it's taking so long. So the store, and then there's people at the window knocking, trying to get in the store. I'm like, what is going on? Did you here? film it? No, I, I didn't. It was oh. one of those where, but there was so much out there. I just didn't want to add to it. I felt I could share the story on the podcast. Uh, you should have filmed it. If I you know. didn't film it, it didn't happen. Okay. So, so, so then what happens is they don't even run the registers anymore because, you know, they want to make sure they get everything right. So people are really, really upset and they want these sandwiches and i go hmm this is q4 but for popeye sandwiches right so i was talking to people online and some of them were telling me that these were around weeks ago like just now like this frenzy is is starting and there were people in line that were saying you know if they run out i'll pay you 10 bucks for a sandwich like what? People are like hawking them. Yes, and then I check on eBay. Or they're going to be bootlegs. People outside, like, get your Popeyes chicken sandwich, but it's really just like a repackaged Chick Fil A one. No, no. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> now on offer up, there are some going for a hundred dollars on offer up. Oh local local pickup. So some could be shipped too, and on eBay. I don't know about Amazon. I don't know if there is any fulfillment by Amazon happening with Popeyes chicken. But anyways, <laughs> I say all that. Because it really made me think of Q4. This is what happens in Q4. So it could be toys, right, that have been sitting on the shelves for months. All that happens is one YouTuber or on social media or somebody says something and people start buying it up. And then resellers are like, oh, we better get to those. And then they begin to be sold yeah. out everywhere, right? It's, it's, it, that's the case of demand like artificial demand correct out outperforming the the well right now we know of an item that we can't get our hands on that is worth a lot of money if we Mm -hmm. could find them right but 
all sold out everywhere. But then the question always becomes, even with an item like that, is is that the next fingerling, right? Like, is this something where right now the reason it's going for so much and you can't find them anywhere is because resellers have bought them up and are selling them for an extreme high amount. And then like two weeks from now, they're going to be restocked and the price is going to plummet. Correct. And that's that's, that's the thing with this Popeye's chicken. Oh, yeah. This is this is a fad that's going to last two minutes. Correct. Right. Or maybe hopefully by by a few days after this podcast. So this podcast is relevant. <laughs> People will be like, wah, wah. That was so two days ago. I know. But it made me think about that, that you got to get into the market as soon as this is, you know, we're kind of changing philosophies because at one point in time I had said, hold on on some stuff. And I still think you should, but man, when things are hot, you have to strike. Yeah. Move quickly. And then you got to understand that if you don't in a week or two, no one's going to care. Yep. And the other component is you never know. You don't. Who would have thought two weeks ago that people would be in brawls and Popeye's chicken over sandwiches? I mean, nobody. <laughs> I mean, think about it. No, well, I mean, that's, it just goes like with the market even. Like, nobody can really predict. People can say, like, we're about to have a recession or people can say, like, the stocks are going to go down or go up. But if anybody could really predict that, they'd be able to make infinite amounts of money, right? Like, whether markets are going up or down, there's ways to make money on it. Mm-hmm. And so people have ideas. There's a lot of speculations on items, but it's not just that you might not know. It's that nobody really knows. All you're doing is using using the information you have to try and direct you down a path. And you might be right more often than you're wrong, which you really only need to be right 51% of the time, right? In order to to be successful and, and make it like that. But you also have to be prepared to fail 49% of the time and not put all of your eggs in one basket. Because yeah, I could just imagine if all of your capital was tied up in in fingerlings or, you know, or some of the other ones, the Oh, so many. Hatchimals or the... the, the Lu- Yeah. Luba yeah. Bella dolls, the Pomsies last Palmsies, year, yeah. which never took off. Oh, had so many Pomsies. Okay. So, you know, Ryan's eggs, yeah. like all of those, you know, and uh, some people get flashbacks that they don't want right now as I'm saying all those. Which kind of scares me because I know for a fact I'm going to be suckered into whatever the new toy is come this Q4. No, I know. I'm going to have a whole bunch of them sitting around and I'm going to sell half of them and the other half is going to be... Lost money. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Okay, but all right. So let's let's go back. Let's go back to Popeyes. So a few things. One, pay attention to social media because social media will be a strong determinant in what's going to be a hot item, right? Whether it's YouTube, whether it's you know Instagram, kind of say Facebook, uh, you know. TikTok, right? Because there's, it's pretty much, I would say what, 80% of people on TikTok are young. Yeah. Yeah. It's a young, yeah. If you want to know what's going on with trends, you want to know what the junior hires and high schools are into TikTok. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then the other part is know that you need to have that capital ready to go. That when something hits, it's time to buy and it's time to sell because if you're not ready, you're going to either A, miss out or you're going to be too late. And the other one is know that it could be really fast and you can win your money and you can lose it as fast as you want it. Yeah. So don't, 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 don't stake everything on it. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Don't go too deep. I would say on it. I, I, I mean, there's some things I have gone really deep on and I've made a ton of money and there's some things that I didn't and it all evened out. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. All right. So Popeye's chicken, 
Popeyes, by the way, if you're listening, we're here for you. Chick-fil-A. We're, I can very quickly enjoy Chick-fil-A. More I love than somebody put in our comments one time, like that they wanted a shirt or something where you signed that said, we're here for you. <laughs> we are, we are here for you. So, all right. <laughs> Anyways, Hey, before we move on talking about social media, if you haven't had a chance and you're listening to the podcast, but you're not on social media, I strongly encourage you to follow us on Instagram. You're pure hustle podcast on Twitter. We are pure hustle cast. I, I love the moments Mike's making. If you're not following us on YouTube, check us out on YouTube so you can see what crazy antics Mike is up to. And hit that subscribe and that like button. If you want to give us a call, you can give us a call 619-738-1170. at 619-738-1170. You can also email us at purosapodcast at gmail.com. That's purosapodcast at gmail.com. And if you ever want to say thank you in a monetary way, which many of you have done, and we are incredibly grateful every single time, whether it's a dollar or a hundred or more, we're extremely grateful. PayPal link is below. And if you're ever out there and you know you want to sponsor us and you're reselling related or something in this niche, we're here for you. We're here for you. You know what I think we should plan for a few episodes from now and make our new thing? I'm just going to beatbox and we're going to make the the spiel about following us on all the social medias into a rap that you're going to do. So be like... I did start, I did start developing like, a little rap the other day. Give us a call. <laughs> at, and then you'll just like... Drop it like it's hot. <laughs> no, I will not drop it like it's hot. Anyways, what, <laughs> wow. <Whatever>. One more <laughs> We're not editing this. All right. <laughs> so the, the other thing is, hey, our uh, level up review is coming up. And the book that we're doing is The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. So if you want to yeah. pick that up, the link is below. Yeah. So there we go. All right. Let's get back to, let's go to current topics. Current topics. More current than... Um, Popeye's chicken. Popeyes. Okay. Now here's a few things. Louisiana Fresh, isn't that there? Yeah, it's it's not it's not. I think it's like Louisiana's something something. Yeah, like Louisiana's Popeye chicken. I don't know what it is. So okay. Anyways, all right. So let's talk about perfume a little bit with eBay. Oh, nah. I thought you were saying like I needed some. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. I got some vintage stuff if you need it. I actually have some vintage stuff too, but I'm reading this and it says no more used perfume. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so here's man. the, here's the interesting thing. Whenever there's some kind of news drop on eBay, it somehow goes through influencers and then eventually it becomes law. You you get know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's how most news travels, right? I think so. Like you, you find out like, about it on Twitter and Instagram by people and then it comes out as like an official but this is business. It's a little different to me. I I don't know. I'm always a fan. I wish eBay would just message us in the inbox when something new shows up. Yeah, but then then they've got to curate like what's important to everybody, right? Which were, influencers kind of do, can do that. Whereas, you know, if they sent for every single terms of agreement update or every single like your your inbox would be flooded with things. You'd be like, you wouldn't know what's what. You know. Okay, but you almost I, need somebody to say like, here's the thing that you will care about. Okay, okay. The reason I say this is because it was going making the rounds on Instagram that per, you can no you can no longer sell used or open perfumes. So I'm like, huh, that's interesting because I've sold. Have you sold some used perfume before um, or cologne? I had a whole bunch of Avon that was Ooh. used. It's been listed for a long time. Yeah, cool bottles, but I don't think it was actually worth buying. It may be listed for a long. time. Yeah, but I sold most of them at my garage sale. Oh, good for you! And recouped my money plus some, so I felt good about that. Okay, 
And I don't have a tote that I open up that stinks now. Like, ooh. I can't dissy. I fall into the trap because the bottles look cool. And you're that like, hey, so cool. I think this is valuable. But then you do the research. And you're like, nope, nope, nope. Okay. So it was making the round that it's no longer allowed on eBay. Me and my investigative mind wanted to know if this was true. So I first went to eBay's policy. And eBay's policy says it's fine. Like it hasn't changed. So I'm going to pull it up and I'm going to read it right now. Do you need to read it if you if it just answered and said it's no. fine? I'll, okay. I just, I'm just going to read it. It says uh, <laughs> open, but unused. I oh, just talking about cosmetics, but it's yeah. Open a unused cosmetics. As long as the seller clearly states that the container has been open lotions, perfumes, and body washes. As long as they don't have an applicator that comes into contact with the body. Right. So if you have a spray bottle or uh -huh. anything else, it's good to go. Uh -huh. Right. That's what it says. Under the not allowed, it says cosmetics, colognes, perfumes, lotions, which do not come in the original container. Well, if if it's in the original container, it's used, you're good to go. Yeah. That's eBay written policy. Yeah. You're good to go. So used until they say otherwise. So then I created some, so I, I tried to look. The only thing I found was on Reddit. Somebody had said they tried to list it and it wouldn't let them do pre-owned. I know I, I went to Reddit. So then I go and I try to make my own listing. No problems. Pre-owned. I even put bottle was half full. Scare tactics. Total, okay. But I needed to know more. So I reached out some of our influencer friends in the reselling community. And what they said to me, and I, you know, I don't want to throw the names out there, but pretty legitimate people that, no, not pretty, legitimate people that I 100% trust had said it came from an eBay, eBay employer, eBay exec or somewhere from eBay and that it's going to eventually. It's in the works. It's in the works. So just a heads up, not trying to create a frenzy. What I will say is for now. Hey, that might be a good thing. Let's let's blast it out there that used colognes and perfumes will only be allowed to be sold on eBay for a limited time. And maybe the demand for it will skyrocket. There you go. People and will be like, oh, I'll never be able to get that used cologne again. And put out misinformation and we just keep selling it. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, we won't do that. Anyways, wanted to give you a heads up. It, it, this is kind of so the next reseller topic is kind of the same thing. So have you been contacted by eBay about managed payments? Yeah, man. I got a phone call that freaked me out. Like, I mean, <laughs> a lot of times it's just like telemarketers, but I got one yeah. like, hey, this is eBay, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, like what, what is, happened? Why am I being called yeah. by eBay? And it was like, we were like, you identified that you'd be interested in our managed payments, which I've never signed up for anything Agreed. to say. Neither I'm have interested I. in their managed payments. Uh, but hey, good on them for reaching out to people, even though. So, so how did that conversation deceptive. go? Oh, no, it was just a, a phone call or a, a voicemail. Did they say, oh, it was just a voicemail. Okay, no. so I actually answered the phone, which oh, I never talked do. To him? So I, I answered the phone and they said the same thing. We noticed that you were interested. I'm like, what? No, like I never, like I am not a fan of managed payments because right now a couple issues is you have to pay for the shipping outside of PayPal. You have to figure that out. I think that's, that's may, may have been fixed since last I know. But the other major thing, and we brought this up on eBay Open, is that global shipping does not happen through managed payments, which is a big part of our business. So the eBay rep on the phone said, Hey, by the way, want to let you know that, you know, everybody eventually is going to be under managed payments and we would love for you to be part of the program. 
But we've noticed that a lot of your sales come from the Global Shipping Program. So right now, we're not expecting you to join, but we will eventually have that resolved very soon. Yay. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I love you, eBay. Please know that. But why did they call me? Like they basically (laughs) called me and said, hey, here's a program. We know why you're not in it or maybe why you're not. So just let you know, we're going to fix it. And then you can join us. Well, I mean, think about it. You just said like you'd love to get more things in an inbox. I think most people scam or skim through majority of what's in inboxes, right? Like if you're getting constant emails or messages, you just be like, oh, another eBay something, another about something promotion they're doing. But when you get a phone call, like that says something. It says like, hey, we want to get you updated on what's going on. There's this program here, the changes in it. Just so you know, it's cool. So I, I guess it's cool. So then I did some research. Oh man. So then I'm seeing Detective Orlando. I'm seeing this on the forums. Like I'm seeing this on all kinds of places. I go back to Reddit. People are like, uh, they, they, they had like a screenshot of an email saying we're being forced into managed payments. I'm like, what? So here's one of the things that's beautiful about eBay open. We shared this is that going to eBay open, we were able to get in contact with a lot of, resellers in the community we never would have access to. So I contacted and I asked, Hey, you, you know, you talk to eBay a lot more than I do. Just want to know, like, this is, this is what happened. And I know you're listening. So I appreciate you sharing this information with me is very important. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And they just said that, yes, it's been verified that everyone will eventually be in managed payments, which we already know. But the key thing is, the key, the key, Mike just pointed to the mic. Mic awareness. Man. Mic awareness. So is that eBay is not forcing everyone until some point. So I'm like, okay, what was so this is. Where are you going with this? I don't know where I'm going with this. It's not, it's so vague. That's all I wanted to share is that. Some of you may have received things that you must be in managed payment. So if they sent you something, maybe it's because you don't do global shipping and there's no other reason not to do it and you will end up having to do it. The other part is maybe you do a lot of global shipping like I do and like Mike does and you're not going to be forced to it. Anyways, what I was told is eBay is making some official announcements very soon. All right. Was that was that even helpful? Should that even have been part of the podcast? I mean, it's good. I just I think it's one of those things where that's how things get rolled out. Big new changes is like, hey, this is an opt in right now. Eventually, it's going to be mandatory, so might as well join, right? Like that seems pretty normal. Now, like, do you remember what the biggest plus was about that? Manage payments. Um, well, eventually, it's going to allow for um, when a customer does buy it now or. Or accept an offer. Right now, by now, they have to automatically pay. So if a a customer accepts an offer, they have to pay. Like the money immediately is pulled out. It's automatically. So we are huge fans of managed payments. We're just waiting for the other shoe to drop and global shipments to be okay. Because it's going to be a game changer. I saw somebody on Instagram the other day had 15 sales and five five of them were unpaid items. Oof. That's just terrible. I mean, I've had that too, where it's like hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, what? why is this happening? Yeah. So definitely excited about that. 
All right, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about Amazon. So Amazon has this new program. I want to hear your thoughts on this, even though you haven't sent in a shipment yet, but I still want to hear your thoughts. So Amazon supposedly now, I get the news, the new story is that they've rolled out these new tools and I've had people contact me about this. So it is, it is legit as far as I know. It's called Sold by Amazon, which is free. It's an opt-in service. And what it does is it automates and optimizes prices based on the Amazon's algorithm without sellers having to do anything. Wow, you're giving a lot of control to them. <laughs> right? That's what I think. Like, what if there's a race to the bottom? Well, I mean, I mean, that's what they want. Like, they want to be able to control, to control the market because it really, I mean... It's supply and demand, so I think ultimately it's going to end up leveling out. But if Amazon's out of stock and all, most resellers are out of stock, and there's only two people that got item X, and so they're charging ninety nine dollars, even though normally it only goes for twenty dollars, well, you know they're going to be able to either get it or not sell it, you know, and they'll have to lower their price to something more reasonable. But if Amazon has the ability to move third party sellers' prices up or down, like man, that gives a lot of. I think I just worry because I, I believe that the market figures it out. Like if 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 the resellers are charging too much and there's none in stock, they're gonna lower their prices. Mm -hmm. If they're not charging enough, they're gonna run out of stock, prices are gonna go up. Like the market, market corrects itself. And so I just wonder what is Amazon gonna be able to do? Maybe they can speed that process up because sometimes the market's a little slow to correct. Uh, but I mean, I don't I don't know what they get out of it other than they just wanna sell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're just looking at velocity of sales. I mean, I look at it right now with Amazon, they have that inventory performance index, the IPI. And one of the major things is if you have stuff that hasn't, doesn't have a good sell through rate, like your score goes down and down and down. So it forces you to sell stuff sometimes at a loss to keep that number up, to keep your storage limits unlimited. So I, and I've done it. I've sold plenty of stuff for a loss. They want you to sell an item. That's it. That's it. They don't, they don't care if you make profit on the item. They just want to make their portion of it. Because ultimately they will get their portion no matter what. Yeah. Whether or not you are making money. Now in the long run, they'll probably get a, a slightly higher portion if you sell it for more. Right. But when you're talking, they're moving tens of millions of items a day or a week, you know, they're not going to care a $5 difference on one or two items. And again, this is why I keep saying, Ride the Amazon train as long as you can, because I'm not sure how long it'll be there. I mean, there will be... Like, here's the other thing I wanted to share. So Wall Street Journal, I think it was just a hit piece. but <laughs> What they did is they did this major investigation. And what ended up happening, they found that 4,000 items for sale on Amazon were declared unsafe, including 2,000 listings for children's toys and medications. They also identified 157 items Amazon had already banned still listed on the site. So for instance, one of them was a motorcycle helmet that somebody, I think, died and Amazon still had it up. Like people were still able to send it in. So it was directly approaching third. It, it's about third party products. And so remember we talked about this. Remember I talked about this back in a little bit ago that it said Amazon wasn't liable, but lately there was that case that made Amazon and a seller liable with that dog leash that made yeah. that person blind. The only reason I say that is if you're wondering where the pesticides thing came, there was a huge pesticide thing that happened that you mm -hmm. couldn't sell things unless you did pesticide training. It came out of this. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what's interesting about that, I wonder if Amazon is going to face, because right now 
in politics and stuff, uh, social media is actually facing something kind of similar, I think, is this idea of, is it a platform or is it a publisher, right? Because if, for instance, and this is slightly off topic, but it connects to what I think Amazon, their model is, is so unique. So if, for instance, Facebook, if it's a platform, then they're not responsible for content that people create and put on there, right? Mm -hmm. In the same way that like AT&T isn't legally responsible if somebody uses their service to call and plan a crime with somebody else, right? Like they, they can't be responsible for what happens on it. Now, a publisher would be like the New York Times, right? Like if they were to publish content that was, you know, slanderous or libel or anything like that, they could be held accountable for it because mm -hmm. they're the ones curating the information. I think Amazon's almost in that same place. Like, are they a platform where multiple people can sell? So they're not really responsible for the items that are on there, kind of like eBay is? Or are they more like a publisher in the sense of this is our store and we are validating all the items? Like you walk into a Walmart and you expect every item that you buy there to meet certain safety standards and, meet, you know, but when you buy something on eBay, it's more like the Wild West. It's like eBay is not responsible for for that item. It's they're just acting as a broker, connecting two people mm -hmm. together. So mm -hmm. yeah, I wonder, I wonder where Amazon's going to go with this because if they end up taking that route of they're responsible for all the items, then it, it is it might change the model a little bit as far as third party it more people. Difficult. Yeah, it's going to like third party people being able to sell stuff, which might be good news for eBay. Might push more of those people to eBay to sell those things. So this, this, it wasn't around the same time, but did you know that there was an Amazon glitch last week? I heard that a bunch of people got ungated. Well, they were ungated. I don't know for how long, but there was a point in time where people were ungated in everything. And so I had people tell me, hey, should I merchant fulfill items? And then maybe Amazon will see that I consistently sold these and leave me ungated. And I just told people, I said, you understand, Amazon will drop the hammer at any time. Like it does not matter. And I, I go back to this thing where eBay to me is always the safer route. Yes, the velocity of sales may not be as much. Yes, you know, you there are certain points in time where Amazon is a lot more profitable for me. But ultimately, eBay, I feel, is more in my corner where Amazon, yes, they want me to send in goods. Yes, they want me to make money because ultimately they do. But man, Amazon. It's Amazon. <laughs> I can tell you. It's all about Amazon. Whether it's you do private label and they find your private label and then they create it and they cancel you out. Whether it's, you know, they take huge fees, whether it's they restrict you, whether they gate you after ungating you. To me, this is more of, hey, keep doing Amazon if you can. And if you haven't done Amazon, get onto Amazon and try to do as much as you can while you can, while the economy is good. But be aware that there may be a point in time where, I don't know, where small business, third-party sellers, even though they make up 58% right now, and Amazon loves us in that aspect, it may get more difficult. So just wanted to share that. That's good stuff. Okay. So global shipping, I talked about this in the last podcast. I cannot make sales in Australia through global shipping. Bummer, dude. I made one that was super cheap, a Harley shirt that I sold for $15. But I've had four messages that the prices are just outrageous sent to Australia. And they, they sent me like the screenshots. Like one was a pair of Timberlands 
that I think I was selling for forty four ninety nine. By the time shipping and custom and fees and everything were done, it was going to be one hundred and forty nine dollars. I don't know if that's Australia specific. I've had a few customers from various places explain like you need to lower the price because and then they would tell me how much they were having to pay for shipping. I still wouldn't lower the price, but yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. But I think that's pretty normal. I think that's one of the reasons why when you say so many of our big sales go global shipping, because I think people who are like we talked about in our level up review is people who are willing to spend a lot of money for a really unique item. They'll add the extra 50 to $100 on there because, hey, if you got $300 to blow on a knickknack, What's an extra fifty to hundred dollars for okay. shipping, right? Like, and they're not going to be the ones to complain. So, I, I, I already think global shipping prices are pretty high. No, I knew I already knew that. I've just never experienced so much. I would say in two weeks, about four to five messages from Australia, one from Germany. So, I don't know. Let us know in the comments below. Are you experiencing the same thing if you're doing global shipping? Because that's all I've ever known. So now I'm going. Okay, am I missing out on money now? Like, should I go to international shipping if it's to Australia or Germany? Because it's going to be the same. I mean, pretty close to the same because then you're going to have to be the one to charge for the import fees and the taxes and, and customs labels. I think they and, still take care of all that. I don't, I don't know. No. no way. No, not eBay takes care of it, but the buyer has to take care of all that. Yeah, exactly. They're paying for that in shipping. Correct. Either they pay it on global shipping. But or maybe the eBay level of global shipping is super high. In comparison, if you didn't do it through global shipping, let us know in the comments below. I know uh, some of you are big on not doing global shipping for that reason. So let us know in the comments below. I'm interested because I have lost a few sales as a result of that. So maybe it's just me. Bama dude. Maybe it's just me. All right. Last of all, eBay white background beta program has rolled up. I am so bothered. I'm probably the only person at eBay Open that didn't sign up for it. Yeah, why didn't you go sign up? I didn't even know that there were signups. But it was like right after the session. They're like, if you're interested, go to the they named the booth inside the thing and sign up for it. And I went and signed up. It was easy. And I kind of messaged somebody like, oh, I totally missed out, hoping that they would be like, hey, here's how to do it. Because I think you can. Anyways, we shouldn't share that. I'll talk to you later, Mike. <laughs> Anyways, have you used it yet? Uh-uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> See, I want I've seen it. I've seen it. So, by the way, if you have no idea what we're talking about, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. So, right now it's only the first picture. We talked about this in our podcast back at eBay Open, but if you take a picture, it'll, you know, everything outside your item will have a white background. Unless you have it like on a stand. I saw some people with a head on a stand and the pole still ended up as part of the product when it was a clothing Yeah, because it's not going to be able to, to differentiate because um, it's it's not perfect. Um, basically, all it's doing is it's cutting the item out. And yeah, so it wouldn't know that this is different. It's like when um, you stand in front of a green screen or not even a green screen, but like, you know how your Mac will do where it takes the background out where you have to stand still for a little bit and mm-hmm. it tries to figure out what you look like. So then when you move, it will like, but it's not perfect, right? Like there's a little bit of edge that blurs. And it's even the same thing with what we saw with the auto remove of the white background it's pretty darn good like it does but if the shadows are wrong like you still might get like a little bit of like if you did it on the carpet or you did it on black background part of the background might look like it's part of the item or it might be a little fuzzy on the edges but for what it does and as quickly as it does it it's pretty darn good like i I wouldn't complain about it um and it's only going to get better i would hope 
So hopefully it'll be available to all of us like Orlando. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as much as beta things, especially if you're not in the beta, can be annoying. You're like, why don't they just release it for everybody? I don't have to deal with all the issues. But yeah, the same people that can be upset that, that it's not I'm released not upset. might be, I'm not, I'm not saying you, but like some of those same people might be the people who complain that like, this doesn't work. And it's mm. like, well, that's why it's a beta. So like if you're in the beta and you complain it doesn't work, they're like, yeah, we know. We're working on it. Thanks for your feedback. Like that's what this is for. So um, that's why they do limited. But it feels pretty good to have it. <laughs> Maybe I hey, maybe I loan it to you. I'm, thanks, Mike. I'm really excited. I mean, to me, again, managed payments, white beta background. You know, there's a lot of things happening that I really believe is going to separate eBay more from the competitors that are trying to, you know, build right now. Yeah. Steps in the right direction. Just my thoughts. So, all right. That is our reseller topics. Yeah. No sound effects this time. Okay. I'd looked at Mike seeing if he was going to do anything. All right. What is wait, Bolo? Bolo. There we go. All right. What's your bolo? This is a terrible one. I got a bad bolo. Why? How can you share a terrible polo bolo? Well, like bolo, <laughs> we're trying to help people make money. No, so. but I think it does work. But like, this is like specific, like, all right, you'll just see. Okay. All right. And one of the reasons we do bolos, by the way, is because you can know a lot about your area. But it's really important to like learn from other people. Like I learn from your bolos. People will send in their hustles of the week mm-hmm. or their bolos, and it really helps. It really helps the community out. And it kind of reminds me of a a quote by Woodrow Wilson that came up in uh, our four hour work week. Uh, and so the quote is this: "I not only use all the brains that I have, but all that I can borrow." I wonder if he ever even said that. I mean, it was it has a name attached to it. Obviously, he said it. Okay, please expound. But anyways, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're doing with the bolos, right? Is, okay. is you know some things, use everything you know, but borrow from other people too. Well, yeah, well, that's why we do the podcast. That's why we're on social media. Yeah, which is why I'm doing the quote, man. Okay, okay, okay. I, all right, all right, I got it, I got Jeez. it. Okay, what's your bolo? me so hard. All what's right. the bolo? So you might remember that several months ago, my hustle of the week And even when I said it, I was like, I know that this is kind of iffy. Was a whole bunch of Lulu Row stuff. Oh, yeah. Because was it your hustle of the week? It was a hustle of the week. Ooh. Well, and here's why. I know, I mean, anybody who followed the Lulu Row thing, like it had a huge spike and then it fell off, right? Like total pyramid scheme. And the sad thing was, is a lot of people got into it. In fact, my wife and I, several years ago, we saw like this thing being a thing and it was like, oh, how much does it cost to get in? And like, these are like, it was really popular. Like people were selling it like crazy on Facebook, Instagram. People couldn't keep stuff in stock. And she was explaining it to me. And I'm like, look, I just don't feel comfortable. Like I'm totally okay with us starting a a business. And we talked about it and she's like, yeah, this probably isn't right for us, but it was expensive. It was close to tens of thousands of dollars to like really get enough supplies and to start your own thing. But a lot of people got into it and I was at a garage sale and there was a person who was clearly a Lulu Rose um, like seller. They they were an affiliate or whatever you call them and had several boxes of this stuff, all new with tags. And I bought it all in bulk for like 50 cents an item. And they've been a consistent selling item. For how much? Very low, like 10 to $15 per item. But here's the thing. I bought like 40 some items in one go for like basically pennies. Okay, no, and I get it. Every couple of weeks, 
it's like one or two Lulu Rose sales coming in. And I'm like, hey, I only sold this, these leggings for $10. So by the time eBay takes their fee and the shipping and all this stuff, like I might net $7 off of this or $6, but I paid 50 cents and I still got 30 more. You know what I mean? Like, so there's these consistent sales. So the reason why this is a bolo is not because this is a hot item, but because there was a market for a time that I, I feel like it's almost like the fingerlings, that there have got to be a lot of people out there who've got boxes of this stuff, new attacks. You can't compare to fingerlings. Well, fingerlings just got clearance inside at Walmart. And I saw all these social media posts like, let's get out there and get them. And I think they were like a, cent, a few cents on the dollar, like 50 cents or something. And I'm thinking about Hustle at Home. Mom has her stash. Yeah. Chaz from Side Hustle Network has shared with me his stash. I have a stash. Like, I really believe that there are more fingerlings in totes by resellers than actual people that bought them. And then the same thing I think is true. I think there are more new attack Lulu Row items in totes by previous sellers of Lulu Row than there are people wearing it. But there, those are, like you just said, they're actually, they may be selling for super cheap, but they're selling fingerlings. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that. You know what I'm saying? But the point I'm trying to make, though, is there are so many people who bought into this, which I'm sorry, like the people who did and didn't do well. But the thing is, there's people who are offloading it, right? So if you're able to pick up a big bulk order for cheap and you've got a place to store it, it's not a bad deal. So if you know somebody who sold that kind of stuff, it doesn't even have to be LuLuRoe, right? It might be candles. It might be Cincy's, whatever it is. Those things tend to have a, a really big spike. And then they slowly die off or they die off quickly. And then you get people who've got lots of it. And I, I can't tell you how many people that I know that used to sell something that years later end up just tossing out like all of their candles or all of their. If you can find that stuff in bulk and buy it cheap, you might only be making a few dollars per item, but you can get so much of it. And we talk about big bulk buys. Mm-hmm. So um, the reason why I think it's a bolo is don't go buy a single one that you find in a thrift store thinking you're going to make a lot of money. You won't. But if you can find a hundred of them, a hundred pieces for fifty cents to a dollar a piece. I, I would, would say it. I would not pay more than a dollar on a bulk buy. No, I would, not for those. Not for the I would, I'm even to the point I wouldn't pay more than fifty cents. Yeah, but can you imagine though? You get a hundred of them for fifty cents, and over the next four five years, every week or two, you're selling one. You're making five to six bucks. That adds up. No, I agree. It's kind of I. I mean, I made more money on these, but I bought these uh, new. They were like, have you ever seen those collapsible water bottles? Mm-hmm. I found two. Actually, I posted it on Instagram. I found two of them at the store that shall not be named for three ninety nine. I saw their consistent sellers. I bought them. Sure enough, I sold both of them within two days for fifteen dollars plus shipping each. Totally worth it, right? I mean, that's when I say buying lower price items is worth it if you can quickly sell it or you can store it. You know, because it's not a lot of money tied up. It's worth it to you. So I get what you're saying. So, so that's my bolo. So it's a weird bolo because don't ever pick it up as a one-off, right? Like certain things I'd say like big E Levi's, that's a bolo, right? No matter yeah. what. But Lulu Row, if you see it at a thrift store, don't touch it. Now, if you find a big old box of 50 to 100 items, maybe it's worth buying. I agree. I agree. All right. So my bolo. <coughs> Have I talked about weightlifting items yet as a bolo? Um, We've talked about fitness stuff. Off and on, I'm not sure if you've given this specifically. I hope I have it. I, I'm pretty sure I have it. I know I've posted on Instagram, but, and maybe I have, and it's a good to have a refresher, but because it's still hot, weightlifting belts. Yeah. They are, it, it's one of those things that 
stores miss them. And usually I get them for less than $10 or I'll get them at a garage sale for one or two bucks. And are you talking like leather ones or canvas? Leather, leather for the most part. I haven't sold the canvas one. All the ones I've sold leather, but every single one of them I've picked up, whether it be a rogue belt, whether it be, I mean, there's different brands Mm -hmm. you can, I would just search, you know, if you want to find out, just go to eBay, filter to sold, put weightlifting belts and then put used and then put highest. And then you'll get a good, you know, genre of different belts that you should be keep an eye for. But I cannot keep these belts ever for more, let's say, more than 24 to 48 hours. Well, maybe you're pricing them too low. No, I'm not. They just sell. So, for instance, I'll give you an example. I got a Rogue one, right? And it was a brown leather one, $7.99. At the, I, this was on Instagram a few weeks ago. It's a store that should not be named. Sold with, I think, like in 27 hours for, I want to say it was close to $80. And the highest price ones were around that price. And not a problem. Easy to ship. Make I had to put medium flat rate box because they're kind of this awkwardly shaped mm-hmm. thing to put in a padded. Like unless you're that guy lifting those weights, that's gonna be really hard to do. I mean, it was I tried and it was a beast. But then again, you know, my guns aren't like Mike's guns. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So, <laughs> so if I haven't said this before, weightlifting belts if they're leather definitely pick up. I I can't think of one I've been able to keep longer than a week in my inventory. Yeah. No, this is a new bolo. You definitely haven't talked about weightlifting belts on the podcast before. So, all right. So keep an eye again. I honestly don't think brand matters. Again, we all have phones. There are going to be off brands for sure. There are, but they still like, I don't think I've sold one weightlifting belt for less than $50. Wow. So definitely a bolo. Bolo. All right. So what are you looking forward to? Um, you know what? I know I say this a lot of weeks, but garage sales. Okay. Because today or this weekend, instead of going to garage sales, I, uh, I, I took tons of pictures. It was a picture day. Well, good. I, I woke up early. I'm happy for I you I took though. pictures. Um, and I watched your Instagram. It didn't seem like it was a super hot garage sale day <laughs> no, for you. No, it was not. So I don't. That was one of the worst better. all year. It makes me feel better. So I feel bad for you, but it does make me feel better. Uh, but I'm excited to get out in the wild. Like listing does not, it's not life giving to me. Taking pictures, not my favorite, but I do it. It's, it's somewhat enjoyable. Thrift stores can be fun, but garage sales, man, like that. If I could just garage sale seven days a week, I'd do it. No, I, I'm it's with great. you. It's, you never know. I love the haggling part. I love the adventure. I love, the random stuff you can find. I love the ROI. And sometimes you get donuts, coffee. I never buy food at those places. No, I'm, I mean the free ones. You want to touch the free? I don't. I don't. I don't ever take them. But if it's sealed, you know what I do every time. I make a. I make a habit of this. If there are kids oh, yeah. selling something, lemonade, anything like that, I always pay them what they're asking. But I don't. I, I don't. I won't take one. But like if they're doing lemonade. I'll say like, no, I won't touch the lemonade. Yeah. But I'll always say like, because you know what I think about that? I think those are young entrepreneurs that need to, to see that hard work and, 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 and putting themselves out there is worth it. I so agree. 100%. every time, if it's, you know, a couple kids and they've got a little thing, they're like, you want to buy a cookie? I always will. No, but here's a dollar. Like, great job. Like, you know, so if you're not doing that, just think about that. Like those kids, they're learning life lessons. Agreed. Agreed. I I don't remember doing that. I mean, I did sell. It was really bad. 
So I went to a private school and we would have to sell these chocolate bars. They're, I mean, they were good, but so what people would do is they would sell them for more than you needed for the fundraiser and keep a certain amount. Keep the extra. But there you had entrepreneurs. Yeah, I, I actually got in a lot of trouble. I went to a charter school for um, eighth and ninth grade and we had this person that came in that was confession time yeah this person that came in that was contracted to do um food like we didn't have like normal hot lunch cafeteria so like a caterer would come in and do food right and i would bring in i made these cinnamon candies like the like hard candy that my mom taught me how to make and i turn them into suckers i bought i'd go to costco with my mom and i'd buy um candy bars and sodas and i would sell them at school out of my backpack And I got pulled into the office and told that the caterer basically said, like, I have to stop or they won't be at the school because they're losing money because I was undercutting them. See, like I was selling hundreds of dollars. Why why is the education against entrepreneurs? My son did the same thing. My son, he'd go to Costco and he'd buy, you know, because it was illegal to eat Twinkies and cupcakes, whatever. So he'd go, we'd go to Costco and be like, hey, dad, you know, so I bought him a box. Sold out within a day. Mm-hmm. Then he had capital. And he kept buying, and then he got busted for selling. And he made he was making hundreds. Yeah, you can make a lot of money doing that. But but yeah, it's it's the idea of. I mean, I get it if you're if you're a contracted um, you know, caterer for a place and you're trying to make a certain profit, and some kid is eating into all of your profits because they don't have the overhead you have, right? But hey, that's the free market, man. I know my my son. Yeah, he was an entrepreneur. Has I remember multiple things he would sell, and then he would give out loans. Anyways, that's a whole other story for another time. All right, He'd give out loans. That's intense. Oh, he was loan shark. No, what? He's off fifty no. percent interest. No, he's a businessman. Oh, I dealt with loan shark when I was in school. I didn't have money for lunch, and this one kid would charge him like two hundred percent interest. It was pretty bad, and they paid. Hmm. And if he didn't, he had nunchucks. <laughs> So what is this? Uh, what is this? Uh, um, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, I got nunchuck skills. Uh, no, but I'm t- I got I got hit with nunchucks. I'll just be real. I got beat. That's all I can tell you. Okay, that this needs to be a clip that makes it onto to Instagram video. I got beat by nunchucks. I did. I got beat by nunchucks. A baton one time. I mean, anyways. Yeah, I got bullied a lot in junior high. Let's just put it that oh, way. Well, I'm sorry. Now, so. now I don't feel good laughing. <laughs> You can laugh. I don't even know why I let that happen. That's what I don't understand. I was bigger than most kids. It's going to be a meme now. Like somebody like hitting Orlando with nunchucks. That was bad. All right. See, those of you that stayed tuned to the end, look what you were able to experience. All right. So what am I looking forward to? So, hey, Orlando, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> so I'm going up to the Bay Area. By the time this episode drops, I'll be there. I'm going to do some sourcing out there. I'm interested in if it's going to be. San Diego status as far as the store that shall not be named in other places. I don't know. It's going to be weird because I have not been back home in over 10 years. Wow. And I think everything is like gentrified. It's different. I grew up like it was kind of barrio, but it wasn't. It was like right next to it. So it'll it'll be interesting. I hope my burrito still tastes the same. And (laughs) there's this one spot I would always go to and it's still there. And I'm hoping it still tastes good. You know? And then, uh, it's time to start Q4 sourcing. So, I mean, there's already a bolo you and I had talked about and yeah. I really want to get out there, but it's not there. So I'm excited about that. I'm going to be way more. Str- is on. The hunt is on. I'm going to be way more strategic this 
Q4, I feel I have a better grasp on how to win in Q4. And so see what happens. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's good. I mean, if this Q4 is like last Q4 where my wife and I were like ninjas in the store, like checking out at different registers and like hiding from employees, like it'll be good times. It's fun. I love it. I cannot wait. It's going to be great. So, hey, hopefully we provide you guys a lot of value on this episode. Thanks for listening and always appreciate you guys. Make sure to stay real, stay relevant, and be reselling. Peace.